0: Hello,
1: you play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about
0: practice, not a game, not a game, not a game, we're talking about
1: practice. To LeBron James, that was insane, officially insane, LeBron James.
2: What is up, y'all? Welcome back to this newest edition of Claws to the Wall here in Studio C. We got another good lineup for you guys today. I'm your host, Kobe Jackson, alongside my wonderful co-host, Justin Brown, Colton Gimson, and Miles Vaughn. We have a fun-packed episode for you guys today. Obviously, it is a new era in Texas State with Texas State football upcoming as they will be hosting their— actually, they will be on the road for their season opener against Baylor, obviously, and Texas State Volleyball going, going, going on in the Texas state invitational also soccer is doing a lot of good things this season and then nationally we all know what's going on MLB season is just about to wrap up and also we did a little bit of a fantasy draft this past week and also college football is on the horizon for us here in Studio C but before we get into that first off guys second week of classes I mean you guys are we guys are here and how's a uh, how's second week so far I'm tired There's a lot, <laughs> it's just
3: jam-packed a lot of stuff going on um I'm tired but second we're making
1: week it through. senioritis, it sounds really? like man come on no i mean syllabus week is over so
3: now it's on to the
2: heavy stuff right
1: yeah <laughs> Them research paper due in like three weeks I gotta start <laughs> <laughs> off
2: so. but we're not date, talking about school where we digging into some sports and we gonna start off with the with the high school though San Marcus high school finished up their opening uh, opening season against the Huddle Hippos. I was on the call with that as long as Paxton Graf and you Colton Gibson were handling the stats for us. Lem- that game, I mean, where do I even begin with this? Cuz this game we honestly thought that the Huddle Hippos were really going to, you know, blow them out the water, but Sam Marcus did give them a fight. It was I mean, it was 14-7 early on and then all of a sudden the Hippos just started just jumping up, and then the second half, it was really more just a back-and-forth battle between the two teams. But the Huddle Hippos did come up successfully in their first win of the se- uh, of the season. So, I mean, I want to throw it to Colton. I'll start with you because I know you were doing the stats for that game. Just We got to shout out Will Hammond for the Huddle Hippos. He did an unbelievable job in the passing and the running game for the Hippos
3: yeah on the surface, this game definitely still looks like a blowout 31 point win for the hippos, but you mentioned Will Hammond. you know, these are my stats. I took them on the fly so you know take them with a grain of salt, but I, they should be pretty close. Uh, 18 to 23 with 410 yards and six touchdowns in the air and on the ground seven carries for 105 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so obviously a very good start to his season. Uh, And, you know, but a a bright spot for the Rattlers, I'd say, is that offense is definitely working better than it did last year. You know, looking at alone, just the Hutto game, 35 points were not put up by that Rattlers team. It was, you know, much bigger of a blowout and a far worse showing um, for the offense. And, you know, Tony Diaz has also started off his season seven catches, 204 yards and three touchdowns. So that's definitely something to watch throughout the season and see, you know, how they continue to improve against, you know, some of these opponents that they saw last year and, you know, might not have put as many points up on the board against.
1: All I'll say is this. Seeing this score, it looks like someone was playing Madden out there. <laughs> 66 to 35. You talk about the Rattlers putting a fight up. That's resiliency. Most Absolutely. teams you are getting blown out. Like that, you don't know how to respond. Mm-hmm. The Rattlers do know how to respond. This is the first game of the season. That's tough. You're playing against an opponent that's that offensively skilled. You're gonna to have to bounce back, and they did that. 35 points on the board. That's not giving up in any ball game. That's actually still putting your effort in there, and that means they still have another game. You know, they have next game just to you know improve and think about the offensive things they did right and the defensive flaws as well. You know, I didn't know the exact. I want to ask this to you, Kobe. How much did penalties affect this game? Was it because I mean, looking at this Rattler team last year, I remember one of their first games of the season they gave over like 120 yards yeah. away off of careless penalties. How was that in this one?
2: I mean, it really – I would say it improved a little bit better than it did last year, last year. But, I mean, that game was chippy. If you guys were at that, that game, that game was pretty chippy. And, and it honestly really was – it really was mostly in the first half predominantly. But, I mean, because it, it basically flipped because Sam Marcus had more of the penalties last last year. This year it was it was the huddle hippos. And, honestly, it was it – was, it was just unnecessary calls, like, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct calls. I know we had a couple of false start calls, a couple of delay of game calls because the play clock at the game wasn't working. So they were all basically had to kind of think of the time in their head when the whistle blew. So, I mean, definitely an improvement from last season. But, you know, like you talked about a little bit of the high hope. I mean, the Rattlers, their run game has been was strong in the first in the first game of the season stennett was absolutely unbelievable for this but for the rattlers and like you talked about tony diaz as well so i mean this is a very good collective rattlers group if honestly they can just you know improve on the defensive side of things i think they'll have a you know really really good season on their hands so but the rattlers will be playing their next game it'll be in san antonio texas at hero stadium against the madison mavericks you can catch that game on KTSW 899, where myself will be on the call alongside with my broadcast partner, David Castaneda, for that one. So be sure to go out to Hero Stadium and root on for the Rattlers and tune into to KTSW 899 for the call. But now we're going to take a step up into collegiate level, and we're going to start off with the big dogs themselves, the Texas State bobcats football team is officially upon us here in san marcus texas as they'll be taking on the baylor bears in waco texas at McLean state at McLean stadium on saturday guys it's finally here it is finally here college football is here we'll get into the more on the national side later but you know, we've been talking about the high hopes for this Bobcat football team and the amount of talent that they have. Obviously, we all know the story with G.J. Coming, Kenny coming from Incarnate Word, bringing his own staff, bringing almost half of his players with them to this roster. I mean, where, where does this go for this, this Bobcat
1: team? I mean – it's, it's so exciting. Two days, five hours left until we see the beginning of a season that could be historical. We saw the huge change in the offseason, all these new pickups. G.J. Kinney, this amazing new head coach, the changes needed for Texas State. But let's take a look back a year ago when these two teams faced off mm. each other. 46,000 fans in attendance in Waco, Texas. watched the Bobcats lose 42-7. to seven. That was because of, you know, the – Maybe the personnel we had at the time, who knows? But you have to look at the record between these two teams. The Bobcats have faced off against the Baylor Bears four times All time, and all four times they have lost. These first matchup was in 2004, which was a close one 27 to 14 loss, but ever since then, it's been big deficits. What can Coach Kenny do to prevent that? I mean, there's so many new things. We got great new quarterbacks. I mean, two of them, not to mention, right? We got TJ Finley, Malik Hornsby, who will be starting. The depth chart came out, and it seems that they're going to be switching back and forth in that game. So, guys, I mean, Colton, I want to throw it to you right now. I mean, what are you looking to see from this new court, this new quarterback rotation? Do you want a quarterback that's throwing it like Ben Roethlisberger? Or are you talking? You want one that's like you know, hey, hey, maybe that was completely out of out of left way
3: field. out of reach. I wouldn't say that. Hey, just trying to give the Steelers recognition for you. Kevin. I know. I, mean, all, I
1: get, I, I get that, here. but I, I, just okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, throw ahead. it like Patrick Mahomes. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Just tell me what you think this quarterback will be.
3: You know. Uh, we've heard things about both quarterbacks, um, as well as CJ Rogers in the quarterback room. And it's kind of, you know, Hornsby is obviously much better with his legs, um, kind of much better of a, of play creator. Um, you know, the pass may not always be an option and he's, you know, prepared to take care of that. But also, you know, I, I've read things that say TJ Finley's very similar in that way, you know, kind of a similar build to Cam Newton, if you want to go that Mm. far, um, bigger, but also with great speed, but, Overall, at this team, you know, the story of the offseason has been take back Texas. And that's, you know, you see the fancy hats that Coach Kinney, you know, has got custom made. We're trying to figure out where we can get one. Um, But looking at this roster that he's built, I mean, 92 new players that are from Texas, 93 who played high school football in Texas. Eight out of the 11 coaches are from Texas. Six out of the 11 coached high school football in mm. Texas. So the, you know, the influence of Texas high school football is, you know, a big priority for coach Kenny. But also some of the, just these big transfers that he's brought, you know, out from the entire country. I believe it's 19 different transfers that have yep. come in this year from Power 5 schools. So he's built, you know, an entirely brand new roster and the expectations are high, but from, you know, from what we've seen, he he looks like he's, you know, really putting together the team to to deliver on those expectations.
0: You know, me personally, I'm real excited uh, after watching this team for about, like, two years now, um, bringing in multiple transfers like Colton and uh, everyone said. But as of on this Baylor game, I feel like we can actually take this first dub um, with this being our fifth matchup against Baylor. I feel it's going to be a high-scoring game. Passing games is going to be great. It's going to be real interesting.
1: I mean – I, I really I just have no expectations for this game to be honest because this either. this is the team, best way to go in yeah <laughs> this I don't think we've ever seen I'd mean, my time here a Texas State football team with this much hype I mean I'm ex- so excited for this team I mean the pickups that we had the transfers I mean I don't know if we've ever had this momentum going into a season before every year it just seemed like oh it's the same old same old Texas State football this year everyone is feeling like it's going to be different I believe this team will ride that energy
3: I would like to mention. Um, you know, prior to my freshman year here at Texas State was the season that Jake Spavadol was brought in, you know, yeah. right before mm-hmm. my freshman year. And I, I recall similar hype, fo- uh, you know, around Jake Spavadol. He, you know, had, you know, plenty of coaching experience across the NCAA. Um, and, and a lot of hype followed him in. And a lot of these same, you know, remarks were being made about it's an exciting time to be a Bobcat and it's an exciting time to to follow Texas State football. And I just hope that you know, maybe we learned something from that situation. And maybe maybe Kenny's the guy. But, you know, proceed with caution That's all I'm going to say. And yeah. I know
1: we're touching on this a little too long, but I want to ask you. I mean, you, look, you talked about that time we had all this hype. What do you think was the problem with the equation? You know, it's like, a, you know, A plus B plus C, you know. Was it the coach that was the problem, or the quarterbacks that we've had in the pre- recent I, years? What do you think? Uh,
3: all of the above.
2: I think. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. I think it kind of really levels of consistency, really with everybody yeah. on the on the team. You know, it. it, it but it does start off yeah. with the coach because honestly, mm-hmm. the coaches really set the tone yeah. for the players. You know what I mean? But I, there's just a new feel mm-hmm. for this group because you know, you know when we when me Britt, when me Richard Davin and Paxton co- were covering you know some you know conference meeting days it's just almost like there was just a new attitude for Texas State because obviously Nash Jones was there and um uh Tory Spears. Spears and then obviously coach G.J. Kenny and their demeanor is so is so different than you know in pre- than maybe other previous years I know I didn't go to some conference meeting today last year that was more of Nolan and Paxton and all them guys who were on the staff but there's just a different feel for this Bobcat team and honestly, we're in for a wild ride, but on Baylor's side of things. I know we're kind of touching on this a little too long, but no, on Baylor on, on Baylor's side of things, they they ended their season very poorly cuz they ended their season on a four-game losing streak, losing to Kansas State, losing to number 4 at the time, number 4 ranked TCU in an unbelievable ball game, losing to UT, made their bowl game and lost to Air Force. So they're obviously they obviously have momentum that they need to build as well so really both teams have a lot to prove in this game and honestly the first game is really where it's going to set the tone for them
3: you know i'd like to throw in too, coach kenny it being his first you know division one head coach you know game here with texas state taking on baylor he has actually quite a few connections to baylor his dad uh, coached and played at baylor and as well, I believe his brother is a redshirt junior currently playing on the Baylor football team. I think he's that's like a thirteen-year difference or something. Um, so a lot, a lot of riding on this game. Maybe when it comes to you know family ties for you know Texas State Baylor.
1: Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. And you, also, I know we're just we're touching on this a little. I don't think too long. We love Texas State football. All of our listeners love Bobcats, right? Come on, <laughs> now. T.J. Finley, just some information on his career so far. I mean, he's played a K-18 career games. Most of them were backups for when he was at LSU. And, you know, he's completed 57% of all of his passes on the career, 2,200 yards, 12 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And so, I mean, that's not too much numbers, and that's not a big sample size there. But I think the only reason why everyone was hyped that year you were coming in with Jake Spavadol because the guy was coming from A&M, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Just because of his name and where he was coming from, people were excited. But they weren't ready for the fact that he was you know, also going to be the offensive coordinator, which is yeah. something no one was prepared for. But G.J. Kinney... No one's excited because he he's coming from a big school. No, he's coming from a school where he had success, success. exactly. And that is what got people hyped up, and that's what I think is different. T.J. Finley, Billy Cornsby, they're coming here as quarterbacks with successful numbers, mm-hmm. not just Lane Hatcher, a guy who got a team, I don't know, based off of his family ties. Who knows? <laughs> that could be some controversy. <laughs> but, yeah, I think this season is hyped up based off of success, and I've never – and I also I want to say, this is off topic, but I think Kelly Danfoss can – convincing ashton hawkins to stay is probably going to be one of the biggest decisions and the biggest impactful decisions he ever made as president oh, because sure. he could probably be the best receiver no or if that's not even a question he might be the best best receiver on this team and he might even have a great connection with one of these new quarterbacks so that might be one of the biggest impacts of the year i don't know
2: yeah absolutely i'll take maybe <laughs> <laughs> hey no man i mean you know it's finally leading up to this we that all comes down to this Saturday against the Baylor Bears in Waco, Texas at McLean Stadium. Kickoff is going to be around 6 o'clock, but we will have a pregame show here on KTSW A99. Tune in for around 5 30 ish for the pregame show, as Mr. Clint Shields and Jeff Gandy will be on the call for Texas State football all season long. But now we're going to take transition into Texas State volleyball as they have their upcoming tournament this coming uh actually at the time of this recording it will be tonight at six thirty p.m as they will start the texas state invitational as they will take on the two teams north texas and the number 13th ranked team in the country houston cougars so before we even dive into that kind of recap the Tennessee classic here a little bit as, you know, the Bobcats came into Knoxville, Tennessee with lots of high hopes, beating Marist College, unfortunately lost to the Tennessee Volunteers and beat UT Martin in a sweep. So a sweep would have been nice, but – they got two out of the three of the of those teams. So honestly, if you're head coach Sean, you you really can't complain about that. Honestly, you know you, you're two and one in the season. You're about to be at home and stuff playing for the you know invitational tournament. So I kind of want to ask you guys, you know, what do y'all see in this volleyball team, and th- what are the improvements that they have made so far since their exhibition game?
1: The improvements are the rotations and the personnel selection at these games. And if you are watching any Texas State volleyball right now. There are two names that you know glued to the TV right now. KJ Johnson yep. the transfer who is leading the team right now in kills with 41 of her own and then also Samantha Wunsch mm-hmm. Samantha Wunsch will take your lunch. That's my new... That's <laughs> If I'm on the call, you hear that, that's Justin Brown in your ears, but Samantha Wunsch is taking your lunch because this girl on the team doing a great thing for this team so far. She's tied for second in kills right now with 20 of her own. We'd love to see these new individuals getting on this team and stepping up big. Ryan Torres. She leads let in me blocks too. Let me just blow your brain with this 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 stat right here 92 assist leading on the team that's 82 ahead of anyone else Jacqueline Lee with 10 of her own that shows Ryan Torres the assist leader on this team KJ Johnson the kill leader this could be another Emily DeWalt and Janelle Fitzgerald <laughs> in the making for all we know I we heard you know Kobe had the pleasure of interviewing Sean Hewitt they call her the what was it the mom or the grandma the, gram- the, I think the, the, the grandma. grandma right because she's she's so down to earth she's I guess she's like the, the mature one of on the team a leader and we love <laughs> to see that with KJ Johnson right so I don't, I don't know I'm so ecstatic about this team I could talk about it for an hour I'll let Colton Gibson say something
3: obviously the big story was how do they you know keep this team at the the high level that you know they produce each year without the talent of Emily DeWall, without the talent of Janelle Fitzgerald and i'm glad you brought up kj johnson i believe it was announced just earlier today was named the sunbelt offensive player yes. of the week yeah. and you know we last year we got or yeah last year we we got to talk about emily duval every week was getting a new award and you know maybe we found maybe we found another um, <laughs> with kj johnson who you know is a graduate student spent 2 years at baylor spent 2 years at fairfield and i might mention she was a two time all american when she was at fairfield mm-hmm. So bringing in, you know, this great talent to add to a team that already has that winning experience is going to do big things, you know, for Coach Hewitt. The, the mantra for the year was leave no doubt, you know, mm-hmm. following back-to-back seasons where they, you know, narrowly missed the NCAA tournament, narrowly missed a conference championship. They don't want that anymore. They want to, you know, go back to, you know, rightfully standing at the top of the Sun Belt, and they certainly have built a team that is capable of doing that.
0: Although losing two starters, um, I still see the connection in the whole team. Um, They they, they personally didn't lose a step within their their lineup. Um, I personally see another successful season within their uh, Sun Belt schedule. And hopefully, we can see another tournament.
2: Yeah, I mean, you you know, we've been talking about volleyball. And we've been talking about, you know, obviously the the, sex, the success they had last year. You know, when I when I was doing BCR this past week, I was asking uh coach Sean Hewitt about, you know, his his role as a head coach last season. He was obviously 24 and 7, made it all the way to the Sunbelt Conference tournament. Unfortunately, came up short, but he just he feels like there's a new uh, you know re, uh what is the term I'm looking for? a new feel for this for this team and honestly you know they're off to a good start now granted they only have one loss on the record but i think that's an improvement in itself but you can catch the first game of the Texas State Invitational is going to be uh, at the time of this recording tonight at 6:30 we will have that game on KTSW 899 with our very own Joey Gonzalez and Kara Slay on the call for that one tonight and to and kind of just recap and going previewing uh the this weekend's matchup North te- uh, te- uh, Texas Day will play either North Texas or Houston on Friday at 4 p.m. That game you can pause probably, I believe it's going to be on ESPN Plus, I'm thinking. And then their final game will be on Saturday at 3 p.m. against the Houston Cougars. That will definitely be, be on ESPN Plus for that one. So it's going to be a good one.
1: Got to shout out myself here if y'all are watching the game against Houston on ESPN Plus. If you see a replay, that's me. <laughs> if, if I'm doing a bad replay, that's also me. So nice. you can nice you you self can, plug there. Self plug. <laughs> shameless self plug. But I now
2: remember. we're going to take a transition to another Texas State sport as Texas State soccer is also up and underway as well. And they're actually in a little bit of a slum, not too bad, not too bad. They're currently two and two on the season with wins against McNeese and Central Arkansas. But their two previous losses were this past weekend against North Texas on Thursday and the UTSA Roadrunners this past Sunday, the I-35 robbery uh, against the UTSA Roadrunners. So, you know, We've been talking about this soccer team. We obviously have you know wonderful, wonderful Miss Grace Reddick on our uh, on our sports staff, and she's been doing an unbelievable job, giving us the rundown of the soccer team this season so far. But I mean, you know, we've been talking about them, and we've been talking about obviously the season that they had last year. You know, finishing twelve five and two. Uh, last season and then obviously they're two and two this season so I mean but they've been doing great they've been doing good things I know we kind of want to see a little bit more I know we you know Zoe Jr. has been one of the main t- one of the main stars on this on this Bobcat team or on this Bobcat team and uh, Alexis Neal as well so I want to kind of throw it to y'all I mean this soccer team has been been kind of up and down the season but it's early in the season so obviously they have a little bit little way to go
1: here's what I'll say Steve Holman arguably has been a, one of the greatest coaches that I mean has really picked up the torch well as a soccer coach oh, for yeah. this team uh, you know being the second soccer coach on this team and I think for for Texas State soccer and I think personally I mean he's done a great job developing these players we look at last season it wasn't you know one of the most extraordinary seasons I believe they well they uh, they finished well above above 500 sorry <laughs> <laughs> but i mean this game oklahoma state it's a bigger school i spoke with grace i said hey truthfully is there any difference in the preparation for a game against a big 12 school compared to mm-hmm. a regular one and she goes no we're out there at two o'clock in the summer in the, in the heat <laughs> practicing um but you know other than that they say that coach coach steve holman He's not someone that, you know, he says that she's treating this game like every other game. You yep. have to be on, you know, on top of your game. And we spoke with Grace about that loss against UTSA, a loss that could have been easily preventable. They said mm-hmm. that they even, con- Grace even mentioned that she they convinced a small group of UTSA fans to become Bobcat fans while they were there. <laughs> because apparently the Bobcats were controlling the ball so much that if there was no scoreboard on the TV, you would have thought, that the Bobcats were leading the whole way, but it was a corner that got taken advantage of that went in the you know in the net at the 22nd minute, and then they could never get a score after that. So, unfortunate loss there. But they're looking to bounce back. They're back at home. They're playing against Oklahoma State. It's Youth Day. The stands are going to be packed full of kids. You know, it's going to be a fun game. I mean, it should be a nice one. It's tonight at 7:30. Um, but you know, I don't know what to think. I, I just, I don't know. Zoe Junior is doing great things as well, but she's only one goal ahead of anyone else. Yeah. I think all of them are doing pretty, pretty normal right now. It's too early in the season to kind of scope a leader.
3: Yeah. A few things. First of all, two o'clock heat is crazy. Oh yeah, no. Terrible. It Terrible. Is. 106. Second I thing. I have a class at two o'clock, so yeah, it's yeah. it's
2: it's not something to really mess around with. Uh,
3: second thing, I'm a, I'm so happy that the I-35 rivalry is alive and well. Um, absolutely i feel like it's kind of been delayed getting started you know some years and already this year we've seen a scrimmage with volleyball a game with soccer and week two with football so it, it's going great but about this soccer team looking towards oklahoma state they're really going to have to push the ball offensively uh oklahoma state is currently outscoring their opponents 16 to 2 yeah <laughs> um with three <laughs> shutouts uh three over fau 8-0 against little rock and 4-0 against steven f austin However, they do have one loss, two to one against Missouri State. But their top player, uh, Hannah Chance, who currently has six goals in the first four matches, obviously, uh, six is more than two. Uh, yep. So, you know, she's bringing a little bit more offensive firepower than, you know, some of the Bobcats are right now. So they're going to have to find a way to really step up and, you know, offensively pre- put pressure on, you know, this Oklahoma State soccer team.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and you know we've been talking, you know, we've been talking about you know soccer and how they have you know grown and developed their you know mentally because obviously soccer is more of a is is a mental game. You know, you don't want to think about you know how your legs being tired. You don't want to be thinking about the you know the heat. You know, you just gotta you know focus on the game in hand. And honestly, I think that's been really what kind of the story is so far in season or in the season early on for the Bobcat soccer team. But that game will be at 7.30 tonight against Oklahoma State Cowboys. And like you said, it is youth day, so all the kids are going to be out for that one. The game will be... around 7 30 mark that game will be on espn plus for that one so be sure to tune in and also the tech state bobcats will be also playing houston christian university in houston texas september 3rd on sunday that game will also be at around seven o'clock p.m central time so be sure to tune in and root on for the bobcats there But that is going to do it for us for local news. So, obviously, a lot of festivities going on in the Texas State San San Marcos High School area. But now we're taking a transition into national sports. And we're going to go ahead and just dig right into this. Let's go. NFL fantasy is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. And let me me just say this. I think my projection is kind of bogus. I'm not going to lie to you. Because. Bogus. (laughs) Cause I thought I had a pretty decent draft. I don't know about all you, all you, you three in this room, but you know, I guess, I guess we might as well just go down the list here, right? So, my two running, so my quarterback, main quarterback is Aaron Rodgers of the Jets, and then my two running backs, starting running backs, is going to be Dar- Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. My two wide receivers are going to be Debo Samuel, Michael Thomas, tight end George Kittle. My flex receiver, I think this player is going to have a real strong season and that's going to be quentin johnson from the san diego chargers came out of tcu and you know me i got to go with my steelers defense obviously and then the kick and uh, i mean kicker position i really don't think it matters but it kind of does a little bit
1: evan mcpherson no oh my
2: god that was literally the running joke you had last year please uh every year cameron dicker for uh
3: the kicker for the chargers
1: Well, I, I'm um, trying to pull mine up, but the Wi-Fi. Oh, I got is. mine up. But, um
3: so I was projected to be uh, the direct opposite of Kobe, uh, finishing first. We'll see about that. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put anything out there. I'm just <laughs> living week to week. But my team is got Justin Fields at the quarterback. And uh, first of all, you know, we were talking about it before. There was a lot of hate on some of my players. I just want to say I pick players that are going to perform well in fantasy football. That's that's the game. You know, they you know, the Bears might be, you know, 4 and 13, but <laughs> Justin Fields <laughs> might run for 1000 yards and some of y'all's running backs ain't going to do that. So so I got Justin Fields at quarterback.
2: That uh, depends on who we have.
3: I got Justin Fields at quarterback. my running backs are Rashad White from Tampa Bay and Alexander Madison from the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, My wide receivers are Cooper Cup, who I got at the 10th pick, I don't know how, (laughs) and uh, CeeDee Lamb from the Dallas Cowboys. Tight end is Mark Andrews of the Ravens. Uh, My flex is Cortland Sutton. I got the Dolphins Mm. defense, and I got Graham Gano, the Giants kicker. You got Dolphins defense? Yeah, I got the Dolphins defense taking on the Chargers week one. We'll see Mm -hmm. what happens. Okay. Uh, Who's your kicker? Graham Gano. Of the Giants
0: All I got to say is I had a pretty decent draft It's going to be Very interesting Where are you projected To finish Uh, Fourth It was supposed to be third But they bumped me down to fourth It kind of hurts a little bit (laughs) um, uh, So my quarterback Is Pat Mahomes That was my Actually my Second pick Yeah Um, I was
2: shocked
3: by that Yeah I don't know how he went so
0: (laughs) low But it's all good Because my first pick (laughs) (laughs) Colt.
3: I thought you took that man a little early, to be honest. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, I'm surprised, but it's all good. I picked up some good picks with Garrett Wilson. It's going to be an interesting year. Uh, My defense being uh, New Orleans. That's, I don't know about that. But uh, people were surprised by my pick with Justin Tucker. I kind of picked up a little too high.
2: Way too high. You picked him like, what, fourth, fifth round? (laughs) But uh,
0: I feel like I'm going to come up top. I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready.
1: Okay. Justin? I'm not even a part of the KTSW Sports League, which is you oh. know, so fake of me because I just didn't want to lose money on something I know I'm going to lose. Okay, <laughs> So I'm in a free league, and I'll tell you what my lineup is. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is my starting quarterback. Okay. I got Austin Eckler as my running back. I got also Saquon Barkley as my other running back. Is this
3: like a, like a six-person league or – not for real. How words. many people it's are in So this?
1: sad Do you want to know. It's like 4. Oh, that makes no. sense. No, yeah, I know. I got Tyree kill. let's go. I got Cee Lamb. I got George Kittle as my tight end. I got DK Metcalf as my Jeez. flex. I got the Bills defense. I got hey, Graham going. There we go. There we go. Yeah, I got the Jalen Hurts as my backup QB. That's, okay, now I'm curious what your backup Hurts for? is the backup QB, bro? That's the backup QB.
2: Over my homes. Or I mean, I can Mahomes. switch it
1: any day, right? Yeah, that's fair. Okay? That's um, fair. And then I got Amon uh, what St. Am- Brown. Amon Ross St. Brown? Whoever that is, he's my backup run- you uh, you wide receiver. You don't know who he is, <laughs> Justin? You have like a I have backup A.J. Brown as my wide receiver. Yeah, uh, Only wide receiver one for the Eagles. Jamar yeah, Gibbs really. is my backup running back. Oh, that's a good one. That's and then I one. got uh, also Aaron Jones as my backup running back as well. You, hey. got, like, you got like somebody else's starting line. Debo Samuel <laughs> is, is a backup, wide receiver. <laughs> Dude, this league is so open. I, I well, them, I mean, yeah, when you have four
2: teams, yeah, of course it's going to be yeah. wide open for you.
1: <laughs> Dude, I, I'm really excited <laughs> to see the, the fantasy, though, for KTSW Sports. We need fantasy updates, yeah. matchup updates. <sighs> fourteen well, I mean, players, fourteen teams. Yeah, 14,
3: That's what at the end of the draft it was so thin it was not even fun. Like I was picking players I'd never heard of. <laughs> All I know uh, it's just going to
1: come down whoever got Evan McPherson. I don't oh think my so, god! But I just love how much that's, it bothers Kobe when is, I say Evan McPherson. That was that, that's literally going to be okay, the running joke. Listen, for I'm watching. Okay, so that playoff when Evan McPherson was on the Bengals, probably the first, not last year's okay, playoff, I'm, the one before that. Yeah, that <laughs> la, yeah, not last year's playoff, the one before that. I'm gonna be honest. First time, and we're gonna talk about this. First time I ever really watched a. In an NFL playoff from beginning to end, right? And I'm watching this and I'm seeing Evic McPherson and I'm seeing his total. He never been is a rookie and he's literally doing things. He won like multiple games for them, like three games in a row. Remember, they were won by like. Kicks weren't they? They were won by field goals. Uh, I think Remember that year? It was the, the year of the divisional and the AFC championship. Yeah. He won both of those, and guy like already knew he was going to make it. He said, "Oh, we're going to win," and mm. he just kicked it, and it went in.
3: Kickers okay. are people too. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the confidence
1: <laughs> for a rookie. I'm telling you, I'm a rookie, right? I don't care what level I'm at. I'm a rookie, even high school kicking football. And oh. it's my it's up to me to make that field goal to win the game. <laughs> Not only just a, a regular game, no, a game with millions of dollars on the line, and I'm talking playoffs. Oh, nah, man, I'm 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 sitting out. I'm Pulling a Paul Pierce, if you know what I mean. I mean, have oh gotta God. go to the locker room. <laughs> I mean, you do
2: it. You do have a Celtics shirt on right now. So. Hey,
1: Larry Bird in the office. What's up? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, since I mean, well, obviously you're in the you want. but I mean, our you know, obviously our director Paxton's team is uh, lame. And I would say pick. it's interesting. Let's hear, it. He yeah, pick. yeah. Tell uh, me what he so picked first. He—that's uh, the, <laughs> the problem. what is does he, he pick? Austin Eckler. <laughs> he had number one, right? He, he <laughs> picked <laughs> Austin Eckler for his number Terrible one the number one pick overall. Right. Terrible. And I kind of laughed. I'm like, are you nuts? You passed on Justin Jefferson for the first
3: I'm glad I wasn't in the room because I would have probably gotten, I probably would have been a little mean. No, for real. (laughs) We 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 were all just
2: stunned because I I forgot who snagged Jefferson. I want to say it was probably Thomas, but.
3: Yeah, he picked Eckler. Whoever had number two should have gotten Jefferson. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if you weren't top, bro.
2: Come on. Oh man, that, yeah, that was that was a stressful. Uh, <laughs> that was we were stressful in that room. I still, but uh, his roster, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow starting quarterback. So he, uh, but uh, but he's, I believe, he's coming back. I believe in the next. We I'm not sure when I he's think. coming. Back. I don't know, but Come on, and then you Josh got he, then he has Austin Eckler, then he has Ramondre Stevenson, which honestly he's not that
3: bad of a pick. Underrated, he's, he's underrated. Seemed, yeah. He had some good points for me last year. Sleeper pick, yeah. And
2: but. then he has AJ Brown, and then Amari Cooper for his receivers. And then he has Noah Fant, tight end for Seattle, <laughs> which I, I was kind of, I was kind of <laughs> laughing at that one for, for a minute. And then his flex, he has Christian Kirk from the Jack from the Jaguars. Then he has the Ravens defense, and he has Nick Folk for his kicker. So, but you know, even though now he was, you know, like I said, him picking Austin Eckler was, I think, his downfall. I favorite. really think that was his downfall. But you know. He's not
0: even
1: projected
2: top three. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So hey, but I shouldn't laugh because I'm projected to finish last. So I mean, I shouldn't laugh at that. Comeback but season. The what? Comeback season. Uh, hey, comeback. that's what. I, hey, that's what happened last year. <laughs> I finished in the top. Uh, what was it? Top four, top five last season, and I was projected to finish last last season. So oh uh, man, and Colton, I
3: You won last year, right? You won. It was a little controversial. Um, <laughs> me and me and Jacob were in the championship. Oh, you lost. And to Jacob. it was the week. I won, but it was the week that the whole, uh, like, DeMar oh, Hamlin DeMar stuff Hamlin. happened. Oh, and, like, the no. points for that game were on the board, and then they got taken off the board. And I was going to lose if they kept them on, but they mm. didn't, so I won. Damn. I think we both got a championship, like, email saying we got first. So it was real confusing. But I'm oh. going to say that I won because Jacob isn't here to defend that he won. So. <laughs>
2: Damn. Absolutely. <laughs> but that was our little fantasy thing that we had this past week. But now we gonna take a transition into the MLB, and let me just say this: this oh. is a wild time, especially if you're, if your favorite team is in the American League West. For those Best who don't man. know, the Mariners have taken sole possession of first place. In the American League West, unfortunately, I I don't know how long that's going to. They're stick. still tied. They're not still t- oh, it's, they are still tied.
3: Yeah, two the two people in first place. And okay, so it's the Astros. Not the Rangers.
2: It's the Astros and the Mariners <laughs> tied for first place. Then the Rangers, then the Los Angeles Angels, and unfortunately, the downfall of the Oakland A's. So, where do I even begin with this? Because we've been as the KTSW sports staff, we've talked about this. We are split down yeah. the middle between Astros fans. In Rangers fans in this in the sports staff, and let me just say this: this is a humble feeling. The fact that the Rangers, first off, the Rangers lost last night off of a walk off hit by pitch that led them to led the Mets to a victory, and then the Astros dominated <laughs> against the Red Sox yesterday as well. Mariners won their game as well, so now the Mariners and the Astros are tied. While meanwhile, the Rangers are seeing third. So I'm gonna lead it to y'all. Houston is. Slowly just making moves. Just slowly, but will they be enough for them to be first place in the division?
1: Probably. I don't even think like you know for a fact the Stros are gonna make the wild card even if they didn't get to the first. Okay. <laughs> I know he doesn't like talking have, about anything. I've learned here I've learned
3: multiple like as far like as recent as last Monday, <laughs> I can't I can't say anything. That's fair. The only thing I will say, and it's not even connected to the Astros, but our oldest Chapman just can't stop Hitting. Finding ways to benefit the Astros, <laughs> uh, but but looking at facts, the Rangers are one game back now. Um, you know, lots of, of stuff going on, and and one game is one game. You know, we've seen the Astros back as far as like five games. The Mariners were back as far as like nine games mm-hmm. at one point. So obviously, with about twenty five to thirty games left in the season, there is really anything that can happen. Yep. But one thing I do want to point out that I don't think a lot of people know is the Astros actually have two more off days for the rest of the season than the Mariners and the Rangers do. Each week, they have an off day on Thursday. Meanwhile, the Rangers and Mariners play both of those Thursdays, Mm -hmm. including the last Thursday of the season, uh, right before that last series, while the Astros get an off day before taking on the Diamondbacks to close out their season. So. If you want to look at in terms of resting the pitching staff, resting the bullpen, and getting some of your high intensity, high impact players rest, the Astros do have the upper hand in that. I don't know if it's going to, you know, come into play. I hope it does. Mm-hmm. But let me stop talking before before you know, anything you really happens. slip up. Yeah. <laughs> Today, today is an easy day though. No AL teams play. Thank goodness. So you know, just get to sit back and just just hang out.
0: All I gotta say right now is i'm a hurt rangers fan right now <laughs> typical uh dallas team fashion but um <laughs> consistently hurting me uh all 12 months out the year never fail but never again <laughs> fail. <laughs> again i feel like we're gonna bounce back we'll be fine, we'll be fine. you that
2: confident yes always not a doubt okay
1: so when is the like the day that the regular season ends just the exact day i know uh, it's I wanna not say in october a up, right? but
2: it's like late september, end of like september. Yeah. late september okay
1: so it's just going to be a constant struggle at the top Literally. until but, we go there but here's the an yeah. important
2: thing to note is that who the, will pull away the rangers and the astros will meet, will meet one last time mm-hmm. and honestly that
3: series be will de- decide the i think will decide the division i think uh, well there's a lot you know still left to happen you know the astros and rangers meet again The Mariners and Astros meet one more time. Mm -hmm. Um, The Mariners and Rangers meet two more times. And it's actually at the end of the season here. I finally got my phone to load. The internet's been crazy slow. But (laughs) uh, Game 162 takes place October 1st. Um, But the Mariners, I believe um, their schedule is something like three games against the Rangers, three games against the Astros, and then four games against the Rangers to close out the season. So the AL West – is it's it's still up for grabs i mean the only thing that's for sure is the angels and the athletics will not be making it into the playoffs you know from the al west but i i genuinely believe that the al west is going to have three teams it's it's kind of the way the al east has been for many years Mm -hmm. with the yankees with blue jays the reds all those powerhouse teams that have been consistently good that's that's the way the AL West has been with with the Rangers, the Astros and the Mariners all, you know, putting together these great teams that are going to ultimately contend at some point in the next few years.
2: You know, speaking of the Yankees, that's actually what I want to get into next. Oh, yeah, This is probably one of the worst seasons that the Yankees have had in a long time. And I'm just as and don't get me wrong. I don't mind watch. I mean, you know, granted, as much as I have a despise for the New York Yankees. It's just strange for me not to see them up there in the converse, in the you know playoff conversation cuz the Baltimore Orioles are having probably the most successful <laughs> season they've had in franchise history yeah. in god knows how long but they're young they're you know they have so much talent but what is the Yankees problem I, you know cuz like they've had they have great all-star you know all-star players you know management's kind of up in the air a little bit and then obviously you know a, Aaron Boone, their their manager. So I don't know what what had happened to them this season. Like I wanna kinda ask you, what happened I, to them?
1: I do just believe that certain teams if they have a really bad start to the season they can it can be contagious, but I mean I'm not. Uh, this is a long season. This is 160 something games. So there's probably a turnaround somewhere in there, but it <laughs> hasn't. They have not turnaround. No, I don't. whatsoever. And I believe there are seasons that we have Cinderella stories. Remember when the Cubs went over the World Series, right? And then you know they won it.
2: Oh, they were well. So, I mean they were the best team in baseball yeah. anyway. So and that so mean.
1: I mean the Orioles they're having their 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 season. I, there's no recipe to a great season. There's no way to plan it. Just it has to work. All the pieces have to fall into place. And I think just the New York Yankees. Their little stint has came to an end for maybe a year. I don't think they're going to be out for long. I think this season they just had a bad season, and that can happen. I think they have all the personnel. I, there's no real explanation. I would say for this this problem, well, unless Colton has something. Detective Gibson here. Uh, Detective I mean, I really Gibson. think that
3: <laughs> I really think that Aaron Boone's time with the Yankees is limited now. Yeah. Following a season like this, but you know, I I'm going to be that fan, and I'm going to say. I think the Astros just just <laughs> broke the Yankees. I think that that finally happened. Uh, you know, going back as far as, as 2015, you know, the Astros have knocked out the Yankees, I believe, four or five times from the playoffs. Four, Love that uh, you That's know. Four. So, you know, and looking back to this last year, they got swept. So, you know, genuinely, I think that that does take a toll on this coaching staff and on these returning players. That they there just seems to be no hope. You know, they tried to bring up, you know, a new young sensation in Anthony Volpe. Yeah. And he, you know, doesn't know how to hit a baseball. He, <laughs> he wasn't Jeremy Pena. Um, so I, I don't know what to tell the Yankees fans. You know, you have hundreds of years of history and success. So give somebody else a chance. It'll be okay.
1: Yeah. Like, they'll be fine. <laughs> I think it's just a sad year for New York baseball in general. The Mets aren't doing too hot anyway, either. It's all about the Mets.
2: Well, I mean, it didn't help that they got rid of you know Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander through the season. So that really didn't help matters much.
1: I just want to say I've only watched one Mets game all season.
2: <laughs> oh, I've watched a couple. Trust they me. They have that pitcher. His last <laughs>
1: name – they call him Sega. What's oh, his Kodai, Kodai Sega. Kodai Sega. I love this pitcher. I don't know future. if he's not – that guy – Man, I loved watching it. It was just like it was a whole another show in itself. Just watching him on the mound. Got to give a shout out to him.
2: But yeah, but I mean, he's no Verlander. But oh no, uh, no. <laughs> no, I don't never. think. I don't think they're. Well, I mean, maybe. Uh, no, nah, never mind. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx anything. But
1: aren't you glad the Stros got him back though?
2: I mean, uh, for a hefty price because they hefty. they you know traded away their uh, what was it their well not their
3: the top one, prospect one, right? and yeah, their one and two yeah they but but to be fair the, the the Mets did pay like. 70 percent of verlander's salary for the next yeah. two years oh so,
1: then that's a that sounds like a deal they're getting
3: me. verlander for like 20 million a year basically that's not bad that's not yeah, bad so, not so. At all he it evens it. out yeah
2: but i mean yeah mlb season is wrapping up i mean but first off i gotta shout out my man uh what's his name ella de La cruz for the reds oh. Oh, i yeah. mean that oh. man has been sensational this season and what's crazy is, is that Everybody's coming. It's strange enough that everybody's coming to watch him specifically because the Reds are actually having a pretty pretty decent year. Yeah. Now, granted, if Dela Cruz was out, I don't think I honestly think the Reds would be irrelevant.
1: Yeah, they would
2: be. I really think they would. But I mean, he he's been absolutely phenomenal this season. I hope he continues to improve his game because he's already shown us what he could do. And honestly, if he improves his game a lot more, he may be. You know, I wouldn't say in the next like I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there would be a player like. To like just like him, I don't know.
1: I just seeing him go through, you know, when he went through the cycle or what. I don't. Yeah, know, that's what it's called, right? Yeah, the yeah, cycle. I watched him do that, and I've never seen. And then, then I saw his speed.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Are
1: you serious? Yep. <laughs> this guy, I mean, he looked like he was Usain Bolt out there. Hey, have, I, have you ever like,
2: seen? Have you see, ever seen him throw to first base?
1: Oh my God, I got a cannon!
2: Oh
3: my. Bro, there God. was a play the other day where he threw. He was in, like, shallow center, and uh, it was against the Diamondbacks, and Corbin Carroll was going home to, I think it was the winning run, and he mm-hmm. threw, like, a, it was, like, 94 miles yep. an hour from shallow center to home plate to get him out. He's uh, yeah. yeah, crazy. He's, he's ridiculous. He is a one freak. One of the
1: freaks, one of the futures of the league. It's a sure. unicorn. I now, think. just what can we get around the Reds to get this guy a team? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not a market for anyone. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's a popular market in the MLB. I don't think so. <laughs> I've never heard of the Reds being relevant. How long has it been?
2: Oh, since Johnny Cueto, I believe. Was Johnny 1849 Cueto, 1849? Johnny... Or... <laughs> <1849. laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But MLB season is wrapping up. We'll go ahead and kind of skim through the division leaders real quick. So the Baltimore Orioles are leading the American League East alongside with the Minnesota Twins leading the American League Central. And the, as of right now, the Seattle Mayors are leading the AL West. And now on the other side of the National League, the Atlanta Braves having an unbelievable season this year. With, uh, sitting first in the NL East, the Milwaukee Brewers sitting in first in the NL Central, and obviously the Los Angeles Dodgers sitting in the NL West. So for the most part, National League is pretty much set for the most part. Nothing's really going to change, I don't think, maybe besides maybe Milwaukee and the sh- Chicago Cubs possibly. but as far wild card as th- teams, though. Yeah, wild card teams is going to be really, really fun to really get into. But now we're going to dig in to college football man i'm ready yes college football officially started last week but there wasn't really a lot of games and stuff going on last week there's going to be a lot more games tonight actually and there's one game specifically i'm looking forward to tonight and that is going to be florida gators taking on number 14 utah utes that one's going to be a good one but but Saturday is where all money magic happens, my man, my man. It's it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna be up at seven thirty in the morning, getting ready for college game day. That has been my ritual routine since I started watching college football. But I kind of want to ask y'all, you guys. Well, first off, let's ask what is one game specifically that you guys are looking forward to this uh, this Saturday game? I'm looking forward to this Saturday <clears throat> is the debut. Of head coach deon sanders for the color for colorado taking on the number 17th ranked tcu horn frogs in fort worth texas that game i am strongly looking forward to seeing obviously we all know the story about deon sanders the culture he's bringing into colorado to colorado and then obviously tcu coming off the shellacking that they took in the national championship against georgia this past season this is gonna be fun. That, that I think this is gonna be a fun one. I'm I'm looking forward to this one.
0: Yeah, that's that's the game I'm waiting for. Um, honestly, it's a hot take. Um, I got Colorado. Colorado winning. I got Colorado that's winning. not a bad take.
2: I'm not I'm not I'm not mad at that at all.
0: I got them winning. Uh, they got some uh, they got some good guys on the team with uh, Travis Hunter and uh, Shadur Sanders. Mm-hmm. I am so ready for that game.
1: I think, I think that game is going to be really exciting. I'm going to go for Colorado in that one. TCU, you know, they were just in the national championship last year. So love to see, uh, you know, Colorado and Deion Sanders. I want to see what they can do. Mm-hmm. One game I'm looking at that I'm super excited for on the weekend is Sunday, LSU versus Florida State. Oh, yeah. yeah. That game, 630, number five LSU against number eight Florida State. I mean, I, I'm super excited to see that matchup. I don't know. It just seems like the primetime game of the weekend for me personally. But I don't know. I think the LSU is going to be one of the top five teams maybe this year. Again, I don't know if we all want to say what your top I mean, five look, teams should I mean, be.
2: With them beating Alabama last year to yeah. set their season to set Alabama's season kind of a slump, that proves itself. That, you know that I mean? alone,
1: yeah.
2: So. But I mean, I don't Colton, what good's your game?
3: Colton? Yeah, I'm kind of picking an under the radar game. Um, no ranked, no ranked teams involved, but a, a game that that kind of took fans by surprise last year. It's gonna be Houston and UTSA. Oh yeah. Uh, oh being yeah. Being from Houston, I grew up a, a, a Cougars fan, um, watching Case Keenum, watching Greg Ward um, lead these teams to to be pretty good, and, and they were pretty good last year with Clayton Toon mm-hmm. uh, leading the team, who's you know now going to be in the NFL. Uh, but I think both teams are gonna are gonna look very good. Uh, kind of get a little bit of a preview to what Texas State's going to be looking at in week two with UTSA. Yep. And also the Cougars announced today that they're going to be wearing some kind of alternate jersey that has uh, like Houston Oilers colors. Oh. Um, so oh. they, they look oh, sick, yeah. if you want to look them up, um, that they're going to be you know wearing uh, when they play UTSA. Like I said, last year I believe the game went into a it couple did. overtimes. I was there. So. I
1: worked that game for Genius Sports back when I used to work there, and, dude, that was one that of the most was, exciting college football games I've ever been to. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm really was, excited for that. That, Not, was spe- like I, that was
3: special. Like I said, no ranked teams involved, but you know both of those teams, I think, have the potential to be in the top 25 by the end of the season. We'll see what happens. 100%. And
2: uh, another game that I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing, that was, this one's kind of under the radar – is South Alabama, Sunbelt versus Tulane. If y'all don't know Tulane, Tulane made a lot of noise last season and upsetting Caleb Williams and the USC Trojans in the Cotton Bowl last year. That game I'm I'm definitely probably gonna check that one out for sure. But I mean, yeah, college football is officially back. But now before we get out of here, I want to kind of get your early top four predictions for the college football playoff. We did this last year. And we were close. We were pretty close. But now I want to kind of hear this year because a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of teams obviously moving into different conferences, you know, recruiting, you know, this te- this is going to be a fun fun way to uh, to get into Siva. I want to hear some early pre- top four predictions for the college football playoff.
0: Hey, you're going to hate me for this one for one specific team, right? Okay. I got, got
2: Bama, okay.
0: Ohio State, okay. Georgia, okay. and UT. You have UT. UT in the
2: top four. I UT, love that. I love UT that UT finishing in the top four.
0: People are gonna overlook UT, mm. but after watching this team over the off season, bringing in a great signing class of twenty twenty three, I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready.
2: So you're okay. so okay. So let me well sit. Let me ask you this then: Do you have more faith in Quinn and you, in Quinn Ewers or make way for Arch?
0: Uh, I'm st- I still got faith in um, Quinn. Um, I f- in my in my, in my Uh, Thinking, I feel like uh, if Quinn doesn't like work out, I got Malik Murphy backing up. Fair enough. Um, Him being six six, you can see over the line easier. Um, He's a beast. He's crazy. He's crazy. I I saw like
3: the picture of all three of them standing next to each other, and like he towers over the other two. He he is huge. So he has
0: a cannon too. After watching the spring game, I'm ready.
3: Okay,
2: Justin Colton.
1: You know. There's certain teams that you have to include in your top four because I feel like they're there every single year. You know, I, you have to include Alabama. If you don't include Bama, you're dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> <sad. There's laughs> no, Bama. Oh, I got some news okay, to you. You're I'm sorry. A second. Hey, <laughs> I've been on this planet for 20 years, and I think out of all the 20 years, I think Bama's somehow been in there. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I'd but say. Here's yeah. what I'm going to say. did make it last year. I'm just going to say my hot take. True. Here's the truth. I'm including Bama, but I'm not including Georgia. And that's a hot take mm. So here we go mm. Bama Okay And there's no particular order Bama Okay I'm putting LSU in there I don't care Gotta mm. go, for, go Tigers I don't know about that Go Tigers I don't know about you that You know what I gotta You know I wanna be stupid And say U of H But I'm not gonna say that <laughs> I just wanna Ooh, say
3: shows?
1: You know And then okay So LSU Bama
2: mm-hmm.
1: Ohio State Okay And then It's four right Not five Yeah just it's four. four Just four and then I already know they're gonna somehow get there, bro. I want to say, wow, this is so hard. <laughs> this is so hard for me. I'm gonna pick a you really get... hot take wild team. Hot take wild team. I gotta go for my UBH Cougars back home. Okay, all my bro. family was Cougars. Okay, fair enough. What do you want? What do you want? Should I say it's <laughs> Texas State? Hey, bro, <laughs>
3: gotta be positive. Bowl season. <laughs>
1: Bowl season. Oh man, um,
3: so uh, contrary to what you said, Justin, I'm not gonna include Bama.
1: Just take them out. I didn't even yeah, really want to I'm, include them. I don't want to. Yeah, they're they're an
3: interesting story with, you know, probably Jalen Milrow gonna be the you know, the the leader there. Not a lot of experience. Um so I'm not gonna include them. I am gonna include Georgia. They have one yeah. of the easiest schedules in college football yep, again. That's yeah. Um I'm going to include Who made that schedule? both <laughs> I'm gonna include both Ohio State and Michigan. I think they both, you know, have really good seasons once again. Obviously one of them is gonna have a loss from the other. Yeah. And I rode with this team last year, and I'm going to do it again. I'm saying USC. USC. I think yeah. Caleb Williams got his Heisman. He is another year to mature, um, and he he's gotten better every year since. You know that the the famous game against UT, where Absolutely. he came off the bench, he's gotten better every single year. And I think this is the year. He's got a full year that he's been with USC now, and I and I think he's going to put together a, you know a really good season. We got to see what he can do against San Jose State, and they you know blew them out as yeah. expected. But I'm taking USC as my fourth team. You
2: know, it's crazy because two of the teams that you said I actually have in the, in the top. Well, actually, one of those teams that I have in the top four. But my top four, uh, you know, I, uh, I hate to not include Alabama in this, but I'm going to. But I do agree Georgia's not going to be in. I Well, okay, let me, okay, let me think about this for a minute. Georgia will be up there do I want to say Alabama or do I not? I'm going to say to. no, but top five, I'll give them that. I'll say top five, like maybe at number five or number six. But uh, Georgia, num- uh, Georgia, Michigan will be back up there. USC I also still have up there as well because I think USC is going to make a lot of noise this season. But number four, a lot of people are going to be sleeping on this team. Florida State is oh, going to be great. back in the top four. I think okay,
0: that's a no. Take.
2: For real, I really think so because honestly, they made a lot of noise in their bowl game this past this past off season. Plus, they had a great season. You know, you know, going eight and four, and then obviously winning their bowl game, they made a lot of noise this season. But I also said another team to watch out for is South Carolina. That's another team I said to watch out for as well, because you know, obviously, <clears throat> the crazy run that they made last year, beating Tennessee, beating Clemson, beating Clemson in their house, and then obviously winning their big time bowl game, they got promise. So. But the top my top four, I think is pre, is gonna be pretty is pretty nice, but like I said, it is early, It's an early prediction, so you know anything anything could happen. but uh, yeah, that's gonna pretty much wrap it up for us. Uh, do y'all have like a like a Saturday college game day routine that y'all go through to get ready for college football on Saturdays?
3: I don't I don't usually. I haven't in the past, but I set a goal for myself this year, and that was to watch three college football games every Saturday. That's um, fair. I feel like that's pretty, you know, not not as extreme as some people may. Uh, we'll see how the schedules line up, but I, I for sure want to try to watch every single college game day game. Oh right? yeah, for you sure. You know, whatever they pick out as being the you know the rivalry of the mm-hmm. week and the game of the week, I, I'm really, I want to get more into watching you know the show and watching those games. Absolutely. This is,
0: this is a little side note. Have y'all ever been to a college game day? The one yes, I
3: I actually went to one in TCU
2: a couple of years ago. When TCU played Ohio State, unfortunately TCU lost. But just that experience, just being there alone is—it's is, fun. fun, you know what I mean? Because you get to interact with people. You know, obviously, you know, college students, and then you know, obviously, people who have been fans of the school for a long time. And it's just an unbelievable – it's an unbelievable feeling, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's just so cool. If you haven't gone, you need to go. Yeah. And plus, it, it is free to go. You know, yeah. you don't have to really pay for anything maybe by parking, but yeah. it's free to go. And honestly, you literally just can just enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. It is – it's an unbelievable time. I hope they have another Sunbelt one this year. Oh, my God, <laughs> yes. Who was who, who the Sunbelt? Uh, Appalachian, Appalachian State, State Troy. Yeah. That's I'll right. Go. Hey, you never
3: know. Texas Day could might, could be
2: yeah. possibilities.
3: College game day in San Marvelous. That'd, oh, be, man. that'd be so
2: crazy. That'd be. Where would that'd they have be... it,
3: though? On the river. On the... Of uh, course. Where else would you have it?
2: Yeah. Well, maybe. I don't know. I was thinking more of the, maybe like the parking lot,
1: possibly. <laughs> nah, <laughs> probably. Nah, I don't know. Justin? Tailgating for college game night? No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would love to have a college game night here. That'd be crazy.
2: Yeah, for real. But, you know. It can happen. You know, we just got to see how you yeah, know, Texas State. Don't we
1: have to win a bowl game or something, or don't we have to get there? At least beat Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but if we beat we Baylor, there. we'll definitely get people's struck. <laughs> so,
2: Absolutely. That so good. Absolutely. You know? But that is going to do it for us here in Studio C. C for this episode of Claws to the Wall. If you like this podcast, be sure to check out all of our social media platforms on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you find KTSW Sports. For Justin Brown, Colton Gibbs and Miles Vaughn. I'm Kobe Jackson. Thank you guys for listening to this great edition of Close to the Wall. We will be back next week for week 1 of the NFL's pre- for the NFL season, so we will have our predictions there, but you can catch us next time. Have a great every have a great day everybody and be safe out there.